Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media accounts at the Gratitude Chick for Instagram and TikTok, the Gratitude Chick Luanza Christina, and Talks with the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Also, head on over to Amazon to pick up my new book, 21 Days of Thankfulness, today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your reading corner with The Gratitude Chick. So today we are finishing up, or I'm hoping that we're finishing up, the power of awareness. Um, again, I am reading from the what is it called? The complete reader. So I don't really know when this book ends, <laughs> but we are on chapter 24. I want to say that we are almost done, but you never know. So I thought we were almost done with the you know the last episode, but I'm just gonna keep reading. So this is chapter 24, it's called Failure. Um, Just as a reminder, I do read with my own commentary that you do not have to agree with. This is just my commentary. Okay, so chapter 24, Failure. This book would not be complete without some discussion of failure and the attempted use of the law of assumption. It is entirely possible that you either have had or will have a number of failures in this respect, many of them in really important matters. If having read this book, having a thorough knowledge of the application and working of the law of assumption, you faithfully apply it in an effort to attain some intense desire and then fail, what is the reason? If to the question, did you persist enough, you can answer yes, and still the attainment of your desire was not realized, what is the reason for failure? The answer to this is the most important factor in the successful use of the law of assumption. The time it takes your assumption to become fact, your desire to be fulfilled, is directly proportionate to the naturalness of your feeling of already being what you want to be, of already having what you desire. That is deep. So basically, he is saying that the the law of assumption cannot fail. If it has failed in your life, you have to figure out what the reason is because for the assumption to become a fact, it does take time. And the time it takes is directly in proportion to the feelings that you are feeling. That's literally what he's saying. So if you are doing everything it says and you don't see anything happening or anything coming to fruition, you have to continue to persist because what we know in our lives, especially someone who is my age, I'm 46, if I am trying to change an assumption or a belief rather that I assumed as a child because those in power over me gave me that assumption that turned into my belief of life, then that is 30 plus years that I have to overcome. So yes, it will take time. We live in a microwave world where everything is just fast, fast, fast. When in reality, the things that have happened to us in life did not happen fast, fast, fast. 
you did not gain all of that weight overnight. So don't expect to lose it overnight, right? You did not gain the perspective or the belief that money doesn't grow on trees or that um, what money is hard to get or you have to work hard for your money. You did not gain this perspective overnight. Many people gained this perspective from their parents who they believed and saw worked hard for their money. And then they heard Donna Summers say over and over again, you have to work hard for the money. So hard for it, honey. So if you are hearing these things and you're feeling this and you're seeing it, that is ingrained in you. So in order to turn that around, you have to give that time. Time, time, time. And understand this, the time is going to pass anyway, right? So because the time is going to pass anyway, you may as well persist as time passes. Okay. Now, the fact that it does not feel natural to you to be what you imagine yourself to be is the secret of your failure. Regardless of your desire, regardless of how faithfully and intelligently you follow the law, if you do not feel natural about what you want to be, you will not be it. Do you guys hear that? And I think what he means by natural is that if it's not ingrained in, in, in you that this is you, then how can you be it? And that's just for real. Like it is, it is becoming ingrained in me more and more each day that I am an author, that I am a, an author. Like that is now what I am telling myself. It is not there 100%. But once it is natural to me that I am an author, my next step is going to be I am a New York Times best-selling author. But I can't jump from 1 to 10. I still have to make that step to me believing that I am an author first, right? Okay. If it does not feel natural to you to get a better job, you will not get a better job. The whole principle is vividly expressed by the Bible phrase, you die in your sins. Mercy. You do not transcend from your present level to the state desired. Do you guys, I literally just said that. You cannot, I cannot transcend from barely or maybe 50% or 60%, I'll say, believing that I'm an author to... I'm a best-selling author. I have to at least believe right now that I'm an author. I have to get to that part first. And the more that I see my book and my books that I keep around me, the more that I see my name on those books, I often search myself up on Amazon to see myself on Amazon. The more that I see this and the more that I get text messages and inbox messages of people saying, hey, I just bought your book. The more that I get this, the more I'm believing that, hey, girl, you are an author, okay? So the more that this happens and the more I continue to persist in the belief that I'm an author, then I can take it to the next step. Guys, it's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen if you persist, okay? How can this feeling of naturalness be achieved? The secret lies in one word, imagination. 
Okay. For example, this is a very simple illustration. Assume that you are secretly chained to a large, heavy iron bench. You could not possibly run. In fact, you could not even walk. In these circumstances, it would not be natural for you to run. You could not even feel that it was natural for you to run, but you could easily imagine yourself running. In that instant, while your consciousness is filled with your imagined running, you have forgotten that you are bound. In imagination, your running was completely natural. The essential feeling of naturalness can be achieved by persisting, persistently feeling your consciousness with imagination, imagining yourself being what you want to be or having what you desire. Progress can spring only from your imagination, okay? From your desire to transcend your present level. What you truly and literally must feel is that with your imagination, all things are possible. And I definitely agree. It's, you know, I'm still, if you guys listened to me earlier this year, you'll know I've always been, you know, struggling with converting my fantasy into imagination. When I try to imagine, it's just like I'm stuck. Like last night I tried and I I was just stuck. So I just went to sleep. (laughs) But um, when it's just like me fantasizing, I could do that. I could see myself. I could see my outfit, my hair. Like I can see myself, but I'm looking at myself. I am not in it to see other people. I am seeing me. And that's the difference. You must realize that changes are not caused by caprice, but by a change of consciousness. You may fail to achieve or sustain the particular state of consciousness necessary to produce the effect you desire. But once you know that consciousness is the only reality and is the sole creator of your particular world and have burnt this truth into your whole being, then you know that success or failure is entirely in your own hands. What, whether or not you are disciplined enough to sustain the required state of consciousness in specific instances has no bearing on the truth of the law itself, that an assumption, if persisted in, will harden into fact. And I think that's where affirmations also come into. When you have affirming statements that correlate with the, the um, specific instance or truth that you are trying to make your belief, and you continue to affirm those affirmations all day long, all day long, all day long, they will inevitably harden into fact. It is the truth. The certainty of the truth of this law must remain despite great disappointment and tragedy. Even when you see the light of life go out and all of the world go on as though it were still a day. I don't know what that means. You must not believe that because your assumption failed to materialize, the truth that assumptions do materialize is a lie. If your assumptions are not fulfilled, it is because of some error or weakness in your consciousness. However, these errors and weaknesses can be overcome. Therefore, press on to the attainment of ever higher levels by feeling that you already are the person you want to be. And remember, the time it takes your assumption to become reality is proportionate to the naturalness of being it. And, and, and again, what he's saying is the more you believe that it is you, the faster it'll come about. So persist in the idea that this is you. Not um, like for me, I, I have to persist 
and trying to break through this barrier to imagine so that I can get to, you know, what it is that I want faster and faster. But I can also use affirmations to help me believe, to help me break that barrier to become what it is that I want to be. And you have to feel that this is you, that this is who I am. You have to feel it. Remember, remember that feeling is the secret of it all. Man surrounds himself with the true image of himself. Every spirit builds itself a house and beyond its house a world and beyond its world a heaven. Know then that the world exists for you. For you, the phenomenon is perfect. What we are that only we can can we see. All that Adam had, all that Caesar could, you have and can do. Adam called his house heaven and earth. Caesar called his house Rome. You perhaps call yours a cobbler's trade, a hundred acres of land, or a scholar's garret. I don't know what either of these are. Yet line for line and point for point, your dominion is as great as theirs, though without fine name. Build therefore your own world. As fast as you conform your life to the pure idea in your mind that will unfold its great proportion. Emerson. So that was chapter 24. There's a chapter 25. So let's go. Chapter 25 is called Faith. A miracle is the name given by those who have no faith to the works of faith. That is deep. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 The very reason for the law of assumption is contained in this quotation. If there were not a deep-seated awareness that that which you hope for had substance and was possible of attainment, it would be impossible to assume the consciousness of being or having it. It is the fact that creation is finished and everything exists that stirs you to hope and hope in turn implies expectation and without expectation of success it would be impossible to use consciously the law of assumption evidence is a sign of actuality that is deep thus this quotation means that faith faith is the awareness of the reality of that which you assume Um, in brackets it says a conviction of the reality of things which you do not see the mental perception of the reality of the invisible close bracket consequently it is obvious that a lack of faith means disbelief in the existence of that which you desire deep inasmuch as that which you experience is the faithful reproduction of your state of consciousness lack of faith will mean perpetual failure in any conscious use of the law of assumption that is brilliantly broken down like literally brilliantly i would never have even thought to even say the opposite for that scripture and of course if you are raised in the church you've heard this scripture over and over and over in your life i just i think his the way that he broke this down is is pretty deep i like it in all the ages of history faith has played a major role It permeates all the great religions of the world. It is woven all through mythology, and yet today it is almost universally misunderstood. 
Contrary to popular opinion, the efficacy of faith is not due to the work of any outside agency. Fact. It is from first to last an activity of your own consciousness. Completely correct. The Bible is full of many statements about faith, of the true meaning of which few are aware. Here are some typical examples. Unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Hebrews 4.10 In this quotation, the us and them make clear that all of us hear the gospel. Gospel means the good news, which, of course, we know what the good news is. Very obviously, good news for you would be that you had attained your desire. This is always being preached to you by your infinite self. To hear that that which you desire does, does exist and you need only to accept it in consciousness is good news. Not mixing with faith means to deny the reality of that which you desire. Hence, there is no profit or attainment possible. O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Matthew 17, 17. The meaning of faithless has been made clear. Perverse means turn the wrong way. In other words, the consciousness of not being what you want to be. To be faithless, that is to disbelieve in the reality of that which you assume. Is to be perverse. Wow, this is, this is seriously deep. How long shall I be with you means that the fulfillment of your desire is predicated upon your change to the right state of consciousness. It is just as though that which you desire is telling you that it will not be yours until you turn from being faithless and perverse to righteousness. Deep. As already stated, righteousness is the consciousness of already being what you want to be. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews 11.27 Egypt means darkness, belief in many gods' causes. Um, personally, I believe uh, he's referring to Moses and um, Egypt actually means Egypt, but um, whatever. And not not saying it like that to disregard, but I see he's trying to prove a point here, and he's using this this passage to prove his point. When I personally believe in actuality, Hebrews eleven twenty seven is referring to Moses, you know, bringing out the children of Egypt, uh, children of Israel from Egypt. The king symbolizes the power of outside conditions or circumstances. He is your self-concept of yourself as already being what you want to be. Enduring as seeing him who is invisible, which of course we're talking about God, means persisting in the assumption that your desire is already fulfilled. Thus, this quotation means that by persisting in the assumption that you already are the person you want to be, you rise above all doubt, fear, and belief in the power of outside conditions or circumstances, and your word inevitably conforms to your assumption. Now, that I agree with because in order for Moses to stand before the Pharaoh, he literally had to do this. He had to embody this. He had to believe in the one who was invisible to give him the power to make what it is he needed to make happen happen so yes i agree with that 
The dictionary definitions of faith, the assent of the mind or understanding to the truth, unwavering adherence to principle are so pertinent that they might well have been written with the law of assumption in mind. Faith does not question, faith knows. That's that's super, super deep. Like this entire chapter on faith, I love it so much because it literally broke down so many things. And what's crazy to me is that you can go to church and to Bible study all your life and you will never have a pastor break down faith the way he just did or even break down Hebrews 11.1 the way he just did. And that to me is, is, is very telling, very, very telling. Okay, so this chapter, chapter 26, is called Destiny. This is going to be a really short chapter. Your destiny is that which you must inevitably experience. Really, it is an infinite number of individual destinies, each of which, when attained, is the starting place for a new destiny. Since life is infinite, the concept of an ultimate destiny is inconceivable. When we understand that consciousness is the only reality, we know that it is the only creator. This means that your consciousness is the creator of your destiny. The fact is, you are creating your destiny every moment, whether you know it or not. Much that is good and even wonderful has come into your life without your having any inkling that you were the creator of it. However, the understanding of the causes of your experience and the knowledge that you are the sole creator of the contents of your life, both good and bad, not only make you a much keener observer of all phenomena, but through the awareness of the power of your own consciousness, intensify your appreciation of the richness and grandeur of life. Regardless of occasional experiences to the contrary, it is your destiny to rise to higher and higher states of consciousness and to bring into manifestation more and more of creation's infinite wonders. Actually, you are destined to reach the point where you realize that through your own desire, you can consciously create your successive destinies. The study of this book, which its detailed exposition of consciousness and the operation of the law of assumption is the master key to the conscious attainment of your highest destiny. This very day, start your new life. Approach every experience in a new frame of mind with a new state of consciousness. Assume the noblest and the best for yourself in every aspect and continue therein. Make believe great wonders are possible. And I... I still have a problem with that whole destiny, not necessarily destiny, but being you being the only creator. As a Christian, you you assume that you're a co-creator in your life. But when you think about the fact that when you go back through your life and see so many hardships that you've gone through, and it's most of them, and I literally say most are from the choices that you've made you really have been the person creating the life that you've lived and when I say most it is just simply because it was not my idea or my choice for my mother to die or my father to abandon me or any of the things that happened to me but it was my choice for the reactions that I have 
And I don't know how far back I can really accept the blame for my reactions when my mother died at eight and any reactions that came as a result came because I was a child, you know? So I don't know when I can start and say this is, you know, from this point forward is my doing. So that's why I say most, because I don't know if it's fair to me to claim that my reactions as an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old to not having a mother or a father is really my fault. You Do you understand what I'm saying? But I do believe that at a certain point, you have to realize your mistakes and try to be differently. In this age of social media and things that are you know that you can read and get so fast that the you know just kind of at the tip of your finger you are more equipped with being able to flip it you know reading about the law of assumption reading about all these things you can find it way faster than you could when I was growing up in the 90s you know <clears throat> back then there was no internet all my books, you know, we bought it like books a million and, you know, we would go to the library. So if I'm not at the library and I don't know what to look for, I would never have bumped into Neville Goddard, you know? I would have never bumped into Dr. Charles Murphy. I would have never bumped into Wallace Waddles. I would have never known that gratitude is more than just saying thank you. All of these things I learned because of the age of technology that we live in. But back then, I would not have known that I had the ability to change it. Now, now, even as I say that, yes, most of these books were written because of what they found in the Bible. Most of them. You guys, even, you know, just me reading The Power of Awareness, how many scriptures he quoted. If you go back and listen to any of the books that I've read, it's scriptures all through those books. So, yes, with the Bible, it's there. But when you're a child, you don't understand what you're reading. You know what I mean? Yes, you hear faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You, you know this. So in, in your mind as a, as a kid, the most I could reach to is that faith comes by hearing. So let me read the Bible out loud. That is the most that I could do. Because that's all I'm, I'm literally taking that verse literally not realizing that um, the hearing also has to do with the things that I'm saying to myself. You know, if I'm believing um, what that I can get into this school, I cannot believe that I'm not good enough to get into this school. I have to tell myself that I'm good enough. That is faith. That is building up my faith in, for this, you know, situation. But that is not something that I could have prepared myself to do as a child because I didn't know and the people that raised me didn't know so again I do believe that as an adult yes you have the ability to especially in this age of technology to stop and figure out how to change your mindset Figure out how to refocus your thoughts. Figure out how to change your life by changing your mind. As an adult, you have that propensity. As an adult, you have to teach your children to do that. 
You cannot feed them negativity and expect positivity. So it took me a long time to realize that and not only just realize it, but to accept it. Because once you realize it, I was angry that you are putting all of this onto me. That you are saying this is my fault. And I was angry and I was pissed off because there's no way I would do this to myself. But when I look back in my life and I realize my words and how much power are in our words. And then I realized the things that I said. That was when I had to agree that I did this to myself. And it is a sad, it is a humbling, but also very freeing thing to realize and then to state. Because once you realize it and once you say it, you can move on. So I've already come to that point in my life where I realize it, I've said it, and I, I've moved on. I've moved on, moved on from that. But I'm only saying this part because I know there are so many Christians who believe that God is the co-creator of your life. And I am not saying that that is a no. But what I am saying to you is this. Look back over your life. Do you think God co-created these things? When you got pregnant without a husband, do you think God co-created that? Let's be clear. Let's be honest. When you cheated on your husband or when you cheated with a married man or any of the things that you did that were mistakes, and I'm not judging you for because I got pregnant at 21 too. I just happened to have a miscarriage. So I'm not, there are no, there's no judgment for me. But when you think back over your life, you being a single mother and understand there's no judgment, but do you think God co-created that? When his goal, he says no to fornication. Do you think God co-created you becoming a single mother to a broken home? So let, let's be clear on these things. Accept what you created in your life. Accept it. Don't blame anyone but you. Don't blame anyone but you. Accept your mistakes and move on. I had to. I had to realize that I became overweight and obese because of me. I allowed food to become an emotional crutch to make me feel good because of all the things that happened to me in life. And I told you guys before in another in another episode that one of the things that I said, which is why I hate, which is why I always say my 20s, that decade was my worst decade. Because one of the things that I said that was an affirming statement that I said so much was, woe is me. Because so many things happen. I would say, woe is me and anything bad that can happen to me will happen to me. Those are the two things that I always said to my, about myself. I believed that wholeheartedly. So all the things that happened to me in my 20s happened because of what I created. Not what God did. God gave me the ability to speak and it be done. I just didn't use my words for my betterment. I used them for my detriment. So when I say that I'm a powerful manifester, I manifested 
a hell of a decade by my words. So sometimes you have to go back and accept what you did wrong. Accept, ask for forgiveness from God and from yourself, and then forgive yourself and move on. And again, I just wanted to say that because I want you to go back and realize that God is not against you. The universe is not against you. The things that have happened to you in your life, you created that. Anything that was in your control, you created that. Your reactions are your reactions. You have the power to act and react the way that you've done all all your life. You have the power to change it. So you have to accept responsibility. So I just wanted to say that. Anyway, next chapter is chapter 27. It is on reverence. So this he wrote in the King's English, and it says, Never wouldst thou have made anything if thou hadst not loved it. Wisdom. 1124. I don't I don't know what that is. Wisdom 1124. I don't know what reference that is. I've never read a book of the Bible called Wisdom, but he just says Wisdom 1124. In all creation, in all eternity, in all the realms of your infinite being, the most wonderful fact is that which is stressed in the first chapter of this book. You are God. You are the I am that I am. I am not God. I am not the I am. So I'm going to say I disagree. You are consciousness. You are the creator. I am not. This is the mystery. This is the great secret known by the seers, prophets, and mystics throughout the ages. And I I disagree. Um, This, I am a Christian. I am not God. I am, you know, a creation of God. I am made in the image and the likeness of God. And I have the power to speak in it be so. That is what God has given me. That is how he created me. But I am not God. Um, So that is what I would like to say, you know. That is the truth that you can never know intellectually. Who is this you? That is you. John Jones or Mary Smith is absurd. It is the consciousness which knows that you are John Jones or Mary Smith. It is your greatest self, your deeper self, your infinite being. Call it what you will. The important thing is that it is within you. It is you. It is your world. It is the fact that it is this fact that underlies the immutable law of assumption. It is upon this fact that your very existence is built. It is this fact that is the foundation of every chapter of this book. No, you cannot know this intellectually. You cannot debate it. You cannot substantiate it. You can only feel it. You can only be aware of it. Becoming aware of it, one great emotion permeates your being. You live with a perpetual feeling of reverence. The knowledge that your creator is the very self of yourself and never would have made you had he not loved you Most must fill your heart with devotion. Yes, with adoration. One knowing glimpse of the world about you at any single instant of time is sufficient to fill you with profound awe and a feeling of worship. It is when your feeling of reverence is most intense that you are closest to God. And when you are closest to God, your life is richest. 
Our deepest feelings are precisely those we are least able to express. And even in the act of adoration, silence is our highest praise. And I think that is the end of the book, guys. We made it. Okay, so of course you guys know that I don't believe, I don't agree with any of that. And I hate that the book was left on that, um, on that note. No, I don't believe that I am God or I am the creator or any of that. I don't believe that. Um, like I said, we are made in the image of God. There are people who do believe that they are God. And I don't know how they could believe that when this is not their world. They, they can't redo what God did. Create a world. Let's see. But of course they can't. So I don't know and understand people that believe that they're God when they cannot create what God created. Um, we have a tiny, minuscule piece of what God is. And and, it, and the reason why I say it's tiny is because it's reduced by time. It's reduced by sin. You know, sin always takes you further than what you have first, you know, thought of. And the more you sin, the more you separate yourself from God. And the, you know, the smaller you know that the the capacity you can be what God made you to be and that's just really it we and because we were made in the image and likeness of God Adam and Eve were the ones who were the most like God sin you know has separated us so far from God the God of the of Adam and Eve that used to commune and walk with him with them that God is not here. And excuse me, I don't mean to be rude or disrespectful. He is here. He's just not as present physically as he was with them. And that is just because sin entered the world. When Adam and Eve were first created, sin had not entered the earth. So as a result of sin entering earth... It has separated us from God. So, I I personally don't believe. I believe that if maybe if sin hadn't, you know, entered the earth this way and it had not separated us from God the way it has, that we would have had the capacity to create on a bigger scale than we have. Do we still have um, the capacity to create on a large scale for us? Absolutely. It has to do with what we believe, how you believe, what your mindset is. But in, and I'm going to say this, 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 I don't like to be political, especially on my podcast, but I'm going to be political right now. In the U.S., black people have been treated so poorly that we have a lot of shit to deal with. We have a lot of shit to to try to dig our way out of, you know? Not only being, you know, blatant racist, but systemic racism. And then racist, you know, within our own culture and within our own race. We have so much that we have to combat and so much was done to us you know just if you even look back in the 80s and how they brought drugs into our neighborhoods before that we had two family households you know we were thriving people we may not have mixed well with our white counterparts but we were a thriving people unto ourselves you know and then the government you know the u.s 
has always sought to keep black people underfoot. So they brought in, with the help of your president, Joe Biden, they brought in the um, the drugs into the black neighborhoods. And the 80s started the pandemic of broken families. It started the pandemic of black men being outside of the family. It started the pandemic of black men being incarcerated. It started the the pandemic of black men being on drugs and alcoholics and losing their jobs. So they had no choice but to start robbing. Well, I can't say they had no choice, but their choice was to try to feed their family by robbing. And, you know, and not even just feed their family. At this point, they're addicted to drugs. So the 80s started the entire pandemic that we see now. And I say pandemic because it is a pandemic for 80% of black children to be born to single mothers. That is a, I'm sorry, not a pandemic. I'm using that word, that wrong. It is an epidemic. And the fact that it that is just rising, it is rising. It's um, it's crazy to me. Just looking on social media, and you see all these young girls out here. You know, by the time they're twenty one, they're like their second or third kid. You know, this guy, this is like their boyfriend or their baby daddy. Like it is just disgusting to me. I'm not even gonna lie. I am disgusted. And I'm not disgusted because of them. I am disgusted because of the generational curse that was given to us and applied to us by the government. Yes, we had the ability to say no. But we are a people who have, who have been kicked and bullied the entire time we have been in this country. We've been oppressed so it has been very hard for us to believe that we can be better than what we've seen in our parents and our grandparents. It is very hard. It is not like the, the children of Sam Walton, who was a white man that created Walmart. It is not like the children of um, J.P. Morgan, you know? It is not like the Rockefellers. It's not like these people. They have 400 years on us. They have, we helped make them billionaires by building this country for them. So we, some of us are still bound. Some of us are still bound. I'm 46. My mother was a single mother. Yes, she was married to my father, but my father was also married to two other women at the same time. My father was a direct product of the 80s. He was a drug addict for most of his life. So, when I say that, yes, we have the tools today. But so many of us and so many of these young kids are raised by single mothers who don't have the uh, the capacity or the time to pour into their children good things because they're working n- a number of jobs 
or they're just working hard. They come home, they have to clean and do all these things. They are tired and then the fathers are nowhere to be found. So it is. it has been hard for black people to, in the U.S., to get out of the cycle of lack and disparity and depression. It is hard when for 400 years you've been oppressed. And no, we have, we don't have a physical slavery in this country. Okay, and I'm going to just say yet because... You never know what the hell's happening with all this this government crap. But there are still mental chains. I can see that in the South. The interactions with black people and white people. There's a physical bondage still there because they still look at white people as above them. So you have to dig down deep and figure out a way to break the chains of of mental slavery. It really is. It really is. Because you have to pour different things into your children. My niece, the way I was raised, I wouldn't dare. I I struggled so hard to give my, my niece something different. And I thank God every day that I am nobody's mother. And I think more people should not have children until they get their mental together. I am thankful that my niece has my sister and I'm just her aunt. Because I don't, I don't, I lack the capacity to raise a well-rounded child because I'm still trying to get my shit together and I'm 46. So I'm thankful that even though I am sad that I cannot have children, I am thankful that I do not have children. So now is the time, guys, to pour good things into your children. Because no matter what the outside world says, they still have the capacity and the ability to be, do, and have anything they want in life. They just have to believe start today and I really didn't I wasn't trying to make this a downer but I just felt it on my heart to say it I I really did I felt it on my heart to say it so let's try to lift us up (laughs) so um okay there are a couple books that I have written for both adults and for children about gratitude start today feeding gratitude to your children the the book for children is called My Little Thankful Heart by Luanza Christina. It's on Amazon. The book for adults is called 21 Days of Thankfulness, also on Amazon. Get that and start your year off right with the gratitude challenge, guys. It's gratitude activities for, for the kids and for the adults. Get it today. Start your gratitude challenge. Um, again, it's both, both of them are on Amazon by the author Luanza Christina. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope um, you understood what I said because sometimes I do just talk and talk and talk. So I hope that you guys not only understand what I've been trying to articulate, but that you actually, you know, 
agree. I really do. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.